This week on the audio podcast, episode 73, minor update. The long-awaited adapter cable thingy arrives, and Scott's well excited. Sam has been getting wet with waves, and Adam is ready to step in as the ongoing Sibelius saga continues, and he seems underwhelmed by the arrival of Soundforge for Mac. All this and more on this week's The Audio Podcast. It's Monday the 8th of October 2012. This is The Audio Podcast, episode 73. Minor update. I'm Scott Stewart. This week I'm joined by... Samuel Freeman, hello. Hi, Sam. And, and a very small little MP3 player, which is obscuring me, Adam Yanch. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, Adam. How are you? Was, was that I'm product fine. placement? What's going on there? <laughs> uh, well, I didn't mean it to be. I just, I was just completely off the cuff. I should have done, no, there's still a, a logo on the back of it as well. But it's not bad. It plays Flax. It plays Flax. It's a little flack player then, very good. Yeah. There's no product placement on the audio podcast. I didn't tell you what it was, you have to go and figure that out for yourself. <laughs> and people who are listening on the uh, on, on audio only will have no idea what the hell is going on. So uh, remember everyone that you can go and um, sign up for the podcast feed if you want just the, uh, the audio. Or you can see us on the YouTube via Google Plus Hangout style situation. Um, if you want to see what I put up in front of the camera there, and you get all the info at that uh, for that kind of stuff at theaudiopodcast.co.uk. Sweet, huh? Theaudiopodcast.co.uk, where the show notes are at slash show slash 73. And are we ready to jump into the news? Let's go for it, straight into the news. <laughs> okay. First of all, the Sound on Sound Awards for 2013 have their voting opening or is open now so you can go through and vote for things if you want yay <laughs> yay is there like I a limited was... thing set, set of options or do you just pick the thing that you want to vote for there's there limited six, options yeah. yeah so there's Let's how see. many categories I think there's 15 categories with kind of 10 or 12 things in each category and you can oh, okay. choose so one like, if you have no... It's not like four <laughs> options each or something. There's a decent a, a decent set of choices per category. I'm going to do... I'm going to vote now. I'm going to have an 828 Mark III. I am going to choose... Hmm. I'm going to go for Live. Ableton Live is my favourite door software. And I think Perfect. for your headphones, you should pick um, Yogurt Pot Headphones. I, I will look for them. I'm just. I'm 1970s in the, oh, yogurt pot headphones. That's what I'm going to call those, Scott. That's what I'm going to call those. Yo- yogurt pot headphones. Yeah. That, they're, they're right. uh, any plug-in effects? Oh. Uh, huh. Oh, here you can have ear cam tools. How about that? The Flux ear cam tools. I'm definitely choosing that. Scott, the problem I have with this is that you're just picking at random almost. I've like, got everything I've selected so far I've used. Yeah, but have you used all yeah. of the things on that list? Well, no, but I don't think many people have used all of the things. How, how many people own 12 sound cards? <laughs> no, I don't. I only own two sound cards. Precisely. And I neither 12... of them will be on that list. I'm I absolutely probably... certain of it. I probably own 12 analog-to-digital converters, but... That's because eight of them are in your Behringer doodad. 
<laughs> oh yeah, and then there's a couple of those and a couple of sound cards. Anyway, I was doing my plugin processing here. I think you've got to choose Auto Tune because let's face it, it's just added so much to our lives. Oh. A hardware controller. They got mm. a little more inside. Oh. <laughs> I, I've selected the iPad as my hardware controller of choice. Yeah, now. AC7. Yeah, okay. Is it? Oh, oh look at that Jupiter. Mm. I really enjoyed playing with Jupiter actually. Oh, I could do the one that's on the on the Android phone. Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh. Yeah, go for that there. I'll I mean, any- really, is this going to be the audio podcast now? Like, you're no. just going through an online <laughs> form. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> I presumed somebody was going to stop me before I got this far through it. I'll just go see if there's yogurt pot headphones available. <laughs> no. It, alas, that is not a category available to us. I'm no longer interested. Oh, well, there's like a, I have to give them a whole load of information about myself at the end. Oh, no. Well, I'm sure, no longer interested. No, no one does that on the internet. Precisely. Well, you mean you didn't read the terms and conditions before you started? What a waste of time, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I did. Before. <laughs> so, so you don't want to be entered into the prize draw to win some stuff? I wasn't even is... aware there was one. There you go. All right, so next up in the news <laughs> <laughs> is... is a minor update on... It was, when was it? Show 70... No, well, that's the note. 67, show 67, which is only a few numbers away, but it was three, it was two months ago, we talked to the guy from um, SibeliusUsers.org, and just last week they handed over a big fat petition to a representative of Avid, and yeah, so that's, that's in the news, there you go. You guys read this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I read the note. <laughs> is there anything more to it? Well, I, I put the link across into as a comment just over to a kind of full kind of report on what happened. And yeah, that link was already there, Scott. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh yeah, so, so it was. Oh, well. But the interesting thing is that there, there was an avid guy there, so maybe there's mm-hmm. been a little bit of back and forth between them. Oh, that's that seems to be what they're saying. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying not surprisingly, avid are keen to keen to present the impression that they are interested in keeping Sibelius going. There were some interesting bits. I'm saying the installed user base is about half a million. Uh, Sibelius 7 has been the slowest uptake of any Sibelius release ever, apparently. But that's kind of fun. I think we'll count that down to MuseScore. Yeah, maybe so. Why not? Our coverage of MuseScore in particular, I think, would have been the the key (laughs) key element there. Let's get a little graph that says... When uh, the audio podcast mentioned MuseScore and then correlates it with uh, Sibelius 7 sales, and you'll see a huge dip when the two situations occur at the same time. But no, I don't think that would have happened. For, for people who are playing audio podcast trivia alongside us here, um, I, I wonder if anybody knows when we interviewed the MuseScore team. Oh, my my I... suspicion, it was uh, Show 68. Well, yes, it was, it was the, the week after the week after. So. <laughs> well done, really you know, basic arithmetic. There. I really hope there are people out there who play like audio podcast trivia. That would be fantastic. If you can give, if you, if you can name the, if you can give the show title, that'd be even more impressive off the top of your head. What was show sixty eight called? Muse score something. It, no, I think it probably was just Muse score actually. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, Avid would have you, but Avid would like you to know that they're committed to keeping Sibelius, Sibelius, and not Vorjak. Would, 
It's not a surprise considering it's integrated into Pro Tools. I don't know. <laughs> and that they make money selling it to you. Yeah. You know, there's... Well, there we go. You know, that that's great. Anyway, I'm saying we, we had Derek on the show. We, we chatted over with him. You can listen back to that interview on Show 67. Um, you know, I, I thought we gave him a fair hearing on the show. We, you know, I, I don't think any, any of the three of us really loves Sibelius with a, a fond affection, but that's not to say that it isn't what it is, and a lot of people have a lot of investment in it, and hence they have a concern about its future, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. There you go, you know. Awesome. So well, if well, I was writing, using Sibelius, I'd be probably writing notated music, and I might need some uh, orchestra to assist me with that practice. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> one year on from Steve Jobs. You skipped one out of... No, I know. It was a joke. <laughs> oh, good. Um, oh, good. No, no, no. Um, I mean, Scott was heading towards the Vienna Symphonic Library, which, um, and they have an offer. For is it just for this month? Yeah. But obviously, all the schools have just, all the unis have just started up again. So that this is obviously correlated with that. This this offer, which is twenty five percent discount in an educational institution student teacher type role. If you have that, you probably need to show your card, scan it or something, and send it across to them, and they'll say, yeah, okay, twenty five percent off. I'd imagine that's how it works. Yep, and in addition to the 25% off the product, off the actual software kind of products, you can actually get 30% off sample libraries as well at the same time. Um, oh, just, wow. just for the month of October. Now, how much does it normally cost? <laughs> well, I, I didn't look at that bit. Because I would imagine that this kind of thing would cost a huge amount of money. Do you, I, I was clicking around on the website to try and find that out, but I just found it really not very much fun to navigate their site, so I gave up. Is it worse than nativeinstruments.com? Yes. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's on par. It's different. It's bad, it's bad in a different way. A, a flute, a, the full sample library <laughs> for a flute is 130 euros. 130 euros, okay. But then the flute, a flute. But the, no, but the thing is, the flute's a fairly simple instrument in relation to a like a string ensemble with all the different kind of playing styles because they tend to focus more on the strings. Those will be the deeper packs, the the packs that have more programming depth in them, and so they'll probably be more expensive. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Fair anyway, enough. 130 euros for some flutes. But with a 25% discount, try and do that in your head. 30% discount, it would be, because that's a sample library. Oh, that's a sample library. Oh. Yeah, the, the, the string section, um, the, the strings complete full, um, that's a, it's a, wow, uh, 4,280 euros. <laughs> Maybe I was right then. 4,000. So your your so 30% off is a good deal. But with, with the students having to pay like twelve grand a year with tuition fees, how are they going to be able to, not twelve grand a year, eight grand a year tuition fees? How are they going to buy Vienna Symphonic Library full orchestra pack for four thousand? Hmm. Hmm. Problematic. Problematic. Anyway, we'll we'll move on because it's very simple. That story was very simple. And we're just pondering around it now. <laughs> I thought you, you we extended it quite well, though, in terms of thrilling coverage. 
Yeah, we padded it out. We padded it out. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastically so. So, um, obviously, uh, October the 5th just passed, uh, marked the one-year anniversary of the passing of Steve Jobs, uh, founder of Apple, or co-founder of Apple, perhaps. (laughs) Co-founder, because I think Wozniak was the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Scott linked to the um, Wikipedia article for Steve Jobs, and I was going through the revisions to see if there was anything interesting to say, like anything that people had changed or were disputing in there. I couldn't find anything interesting except that wasn't that came up quite a lot when people were trying to in the in the edits. So, but yeah. Well, Wozniak is a nice anti-hero, isn't he? I think in the entire story. Like, we shouldn't get too distracted by that, but. If, if you kind of think that like what Apple have done is kind of cool, but you kind of have misgivings about part of the corporateness of it, then you'll probably find that Wozniak is the is the is your real hero. Maybe. He's the he's the antithesis to the corporality of Apple. Corporality. Not not, not Apple Core, but Apple Inc. That's beautiful. Beautiful stuff. So. You know, I I don't think there's anything else really to say about it other than it, it struck me at the, as the moment had passed by, it seemed appropriate to just mention it. And you know, there you go. So, <coughs> so they had quite a nice kind of put together little kind of slideshow that replaced their front page for a bit, the Apple Apple Store front page, which I thought was nice. Oh, I was out all day. I didn't see it. But <laughs> Scott, Scott, I have a question for you. Yes, Adam. What's all this Amplitude stuff about? So, Amplitude are running a promotion. Now this, I have to... I I personally think is one of the most... appears to be one of the most complicated promotions of all time. But it actually isn't. But it does. So, it's basically a buy one, get one free. On credit packs. However, if enough people buy one and get one free, then everybody uh, everybody gets an extra one. (laughs) <laughs> nice, try and do that in a supermarket Yeah So there are 342 people Have taken up the offer There are 658 offers left And if 658 people Take up that offer in, tw- in the next 23 days Everybody will get a third one for free mm. Mm. Spread the cred what, what, And these are get credit packs So does that allow you To kind of buy a particular Set of things or something from a particular set of things? Yeah, so any of the Amplitude kind of uh, simulations or plugins, you know, that sort of stuff in there as well. The, the bit I find most interesting is the, um, and, and kudos to them as well for it, is the way they have kind of nicely related it to the current financial climate and rose. So we have a finally an economic stimulus package that works. Double your interest, inflation is good. You know, I, I thought that was nice. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. Anyway, this promotion's good. Well, it started already, and it's good to the 31st of October 2012. So if you're listening to us months behind, then obviously you, you're missing out. So you should try and catch up. Scott, I've got a question for you. Okay. Do the Amplitude guys, have they got AAX plugins at all? Have they have they ported their, their stuff to AAX? I don't know. We'd have to go have a look. Yeah, we'll have to have a look because... Oh. All of you Pro Tools users out there, or newish Pro Tools, you can get an, a minor update to Pro Tools, uh, which is 10.3.1. It's It's been qualified, so that's the Avid stamp of approval. Bang! Stick! 
and uh, it's recommended for uh, Mac OS 10.8 and Windows 7 SP1. And we've got a link to the to where you can download it on the show notes at theaudiopodcast.co.uk. That's nice, isn't it? Um, oh, oh, yes, it is. And, and Scott, you, I mean, you've actually gone through this, and you, there are some things here that you like. Well, like is a strong is a strong word. <laughs> I, hi, highlights. I, I read the README. I read the Mac README because I have a little bit of involvement with uh, some maintenance on some Pro Tools systems at the moment. So I read the. Uh, you, know, right. you don't have to lie. You just like reading the Pro Tools Readmes when you've got a spare minute. But I don't. I've read them in the past, and I didn't bother this time. The, the thing that I love about them, though, th- this is. I don't know if you saw this, but the very top one. So th- this is an issue now resolved in the update. Unwanted data is no longer appended to the end to the end of recorded passes under certain conditions. It's you like that's like atmospheric conditions. Like oh, if it's more than eighty percent humidity, <laughs> then this data gets added onto the end of your audio files. But I just thought it was fantastic. It's like, oh, if it's raining outside, there's a blast of white noise at the end of every recording. Or something. It's like, <laughs> if I, I, the I, beer goes up by a penny, then all of your all of your things are time shifted by like three samples, and and phase problems occur all over the shop. Yeah. Like, that that reference is an old synthesizer joke, an analog uh, synthesizer joke. That, that's nice. I like it. I like it. But no, there's. Thanks. Like I was, I just had so much fun reading the README. Like the next one down on on Pro Tools HDX systems, uh, 192k se- sessions are now free of unwanted noises in some specific ma- mixer configurations. Like if you're running at 192k, like at full qual, you know, maximum possible quality, then you know you'd really want there to be un- no unwanted noise running around in the background, wouldn't you? It's just, Scott, it's this is great. progress. When was the last time Apple released a logic update? You don't have that bit of information there, Scott. I know you don't. I I don't, but I was trying to work out what the current <laughs> Steve Jobs meme is. Is it um? Am I right in thinking it's a, it wouldn't have happened if Steve was here? And I was just thinking that would be really appropriate as well to that one. Yes, apart from I don't think Steve Jobs cared that much about logic. I I suspect you are right. I'm I'm sure the you know I'm sure the logic people out there will get an update. Oh, so do you think it'll go up to nine point one point eight? Oh, that'd be awesome. After the 9.1.7 update that was about 18 months ago. How, if they were to maintain parity with the previous OS numbers, would I, is it what, 9.8.2? Was that the last OS 9 update? No, uh, 9. Point, it didn't get. It was 9.2.3? Or no, 9.2.2, definitely. Was there a 9.3.1, which was also semi compatible with. The new version of Mac OS X that was coming out at the time. I'm not sure. That might have been a, a, a lab release. And and I think there was an wasn't there an OS nine update which fixed compatibility for classic mode? Oh, I think I'm on fire. Ooh. Carry on, guys. Okay. Hooray! You're going to talk about Apple's that's really old and dead. And no one there, there probably was. Um, the thing <laughs> is that nine point two point three was great. <laughs> I really liked it. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, what? What? Should, should we move on without Scott? What do you want to do? I don't care. I don't. That's the problem. Um, I, sometimes I try to pretend that I do, and sometimes I do. Should, let's <laughs> well, yeah, let's move on. I mean, he's gonna, it's going to be sad that he's missed the start of this, but <laughs> tell us something. What are you going to do? Maybe he got 
<laughs> Lady's house got struck by thunder, lightning, bolts, and um, he's on fire. Steve Jobs, who, and because that, we were taking. No, no, well, we missed Soundforge Pro 10 arrives. <laughs> oh, yeah. I read that. No, I can't see it in my tabs. Oh, is but do you want to do the other one first? Cool. It okay, so Sony released <laughs> It says Thunderbolt on it. Oh, yeah, Thunderbolt. <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> right, well, um, I was hoping... Hello before, again? I was hoping so, just before Scott put his headphones on that we would just start talking about the new Top Lap site and make it seem like we were at the end of the show. <laughs> but no, we haven't done that, Scott. We We have... We've stumbled multiple times on missing stories and spelling errors. So we are now at Soundforge Pro 10 arrives. Oh, wow. That's like a major update, not a minor one. Ooh. That's the link. Ah. See, I, I don't know if that's... I don't know anything about Soundforge apart from Sony bought it. Did Sony buy it? Yep. And it is now a Sony product, yeah. Well, no, it's been a Sony product for years. All right then. Cranky. I'm sorry, Adam. I'll, uh, I'll I'll defer to your superior knowledge on this matter and allow you to run the story first. Please carry on. Okay. So Soundforge te- Pro 10 has arrived. It's a major update, and of course, it now supports macOS 10. Boom. That's that. <laughs> that's the extent of my knowledge, and I literally just read that off the monster. Well. It's important to note, Adam, whenever you're in this situation of wanting to extend the story slightly, it's it's nice to rely on the blurb that the, uh, you know, the marketing people have written for us. Oh, Whether yeah. you're new to editing audio or you're a serious audio engineer, there is a Soundforge product that is right for you. That's that was it. That's the blurb. That's not the blurb. That's the tagline. No, that's that's part of the blurb. The 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 tagline the is first... record, edit, <laughs> produce. The complete oh, okay. Soundforge family of applications. So the only bit of the blurb you put in was the first paragraph of the blurb, which is really the introduction to the blurb. Well, of course. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to copy and paste the blurb. <laughs> All of it. Anyway, oh, so... That would be plagiarism. Why not? I would. <laughs> so uh, Sound, Soundforge Pro Mac 1.0. It's, surely that's got to be 10 and they don't mean 1.0. Maybe they do mean 1.0. Oh, I don't know. Maybe anyway, maybe it's something. Yeah. And of course the, the, the excitement for this is obviously because Peak is dead. So Oh yeah. Maybe you'd like to use Soundforge Pro ten How much does it cost? Mac. Uh two two six nine ninety five in dollars. Okay. It's oh, probably okay. It probably probably does quite a lot of stuff. I use a audio editor called Twisted Wave, which you can get on the Mac App Store for about 40 quid. And it probably isn't as fully featured, but it actually is very good. It's a nice, simple program, and it and, and it's handy. It's, it's, it's pretty sweet. So a little plug there from me. That wasn't in the notes. That's nice, Adam. You can uh, send us the link or, or add, it your, add it as a comment yourself. Just put it in the mm. comment there. Be like, Adam endorses this instead. Twisted, Twisted Wave. Wave. Yeah, and you can get it for iPad as well, but no, I've only have... used the Mac version. What does it have? So the last time, I've not used Soundforge for years, but I used to use it all the time, and it had a really good feature, where when you select a, re- a region, it would have like a little crosshair where the center and the quarter parts were, so if you were doing 
if you were trying to extract a loop or something, then you could see if you were lined up with various beats. And I've never seen that in any other audio editor. Oh, I'm not sure if Twisted Wave has that, because I haven't used Twisted Wave like that, but... Um, but I mean, otherwise, I mean, it, it's good for for formats. It has a- access to lots of different formats, so it can open things like Flax and Old Borbis and all this kind of stuff. You can audition left or right or, or both. You know, you can do all the classic types of editing and processing and stuff. Crossfades, normalizations, fade in, mm-hmm. fade out, diver corrections. Yeah, and you can put together effects. It, you can apply VST effects to the audio and make a stack of effects if you want to apply the same stack to multiple um, bits of audio. I was going to ask, because I noticed on the Soundforge site that they've got a link to their scripting forum, which suggests that you can script and that you can script Soundforge, which is a pretty cool feature. And I had a look at the forum and saw some examples, and it's quite a C-like syntax in scripting, so it's probably quite powerful stuff you can do, not in... We're getting confused now. We're talking about two different editors, so... but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's, that's in Soundforge, so you're there. Um, that's so Yes, not as off-topic as me, but uh, that's fine. Now, though, we get to a very significant story, probably the most significant story we've ever had on the audio podcast. Scott or Sam, take it away. So it has finally happened after months of anticipation. A collection of jokes stretching back almost a season. The Thunderbolt to Firewire adapter exists. And not only does it exist, it has been reviewed by somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have to stop you for a second there, Scott, because according to the notes here, it's actually a Thunderbolt to Firewire adapter. Oh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you weren't there when me and Sam were talking about it, no, no. Okay, but uh, anyway, minor spelling issue aside, yes. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not interested. I, I don't have a Thunderbolt port. <laughs> How can you not be interested? Because I don't have a Thunderbolt port. But I thought you had a MacBook Air. Yeah, but I, I have the one before they released oh, okay. it with a Thunderbolt port. It's got a mini, it's got, oh. what's it called, the mini display port? Or whatever. Yeah. So it's the same, same size, shapey thing, but, yeah. but not not fire thunderbolt. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> I, well, you know what? The, the basic summary is that it works, which not surprisingly you would hope when it's actually just a cable adapter. But but how much is it? Oh, didn't we work that out last time? It's like twenty five quid or something like that. So it is actually a lot more affordable than the cinema display solution that we discussed <laughs> a week or two ago. Yes, but you don't it's get a, a cinema compact. display. <laughs> it's a lot more compact, but you don't get a cinema display out of it. That's the only oh. down, negative feature of it. Really. That's a shame. <clears throat> yeah. So, and, and it is quite exciting because obviously Thunderbolt has massive amounts of additional capacity on top of Firewire. So... There, there are like a whole load of, you know, potential scenarios that will now kind of come into play and that you could potentially do. I, I was thinking about this in my mind. I was kind of having a mental exercise, but you've always been, if you consider something like an 828, obviously I know Mark 2 hardware very well, but something like an 828, you could have ADAP running in and out of it as well, but that was actually more audio than you could put up and down the Firewire pipe because you would max out Firewire 400 there and Firewire 800 seemed to max out as well. 
But I wonder if it's now the point where you could run Firewire 800 over a Thunderbolt connection and be able to actually push, you know, 32 channels of audio back and forth at the same time. It might be that the extra capacity on the bus is there because you could mount them as separate devices. or So it, that, that could be quite interesting. Thunderbolt could potentially unite kind of Firewire interfaces into a kind of competitive space against something like Maddy as a technology, which I thought was... That's quite an interesting idea, perhaps, as a... Consumer side of Maddy, the consumer version of Maddy, kind of like the, there's the, mm. the, there's SPDIF and there's AES-EBU digital stereo. Do you think that that's kind of... No, that's it's not exactly the same analogy because those two are the same protocol but with different connectors, different and, kinds of cable, basically. And and they're just and they're obviously just stereo digital transports, whereas Maddy allows you to do multi-channel. But Maddy, Maddy has been creeping into the high end of the low end, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. Like you've been able to start getting uh, an interface that you would have in your home studio that has Maddy involved. I, I imagine it would probably be RME, uh, kind of who would have first brought that kind of thing in at the lower end, so they'll probably kind of clash a bit, well clash they'll be fine, but because Thunderbolt is something that's built into your computer and Maddie is not I think that's the key factor Oh, I, I think Thunderbolt could be a, a great it, it could potentially be a, a, a great kind of protocol, I, I probably still stand by my statement that it offers far more bandwidth than the vast majority of people ever need and I think from an audio production point of view, I'm not aware of that many times I've sat down and thought to myself, well, I just don't have the bandwidth on a Firewire bus, which, and I suspect most people are in a similar situation, probably are in a similar situation, if not a lesser situation to, to that. I'm saying, I remember I tried to run 16 channels of audio. Actually, no, it was more than 16. What would be, it was all of them, including the headphones out of an 828 with a ADAP breakout box attached to it. And that was when I realized that the channels start to go a little bit flaky if you do all of them, but I suspect a lot of people have never actually tried to do that on their sound card, so they probably aren't even aware that that's a problem at times. So, you know. The review that you've linked to highlights the um, problem of having different devices on the, so having a hard drive and the audio interface on the Firewire bus at the same time, that is a problem I've come across where... Oh. Oh. I think Sam has disappeared in the middle of his insight. Or maybe just give him a moment just to, uh, just to drop back in. But I, I, I think he's back. I oh, he's back. back? Sam, yeah. we missed everything. Never mind. You were just <laughs> saying about hard drive. I was just saying about... Yep, and how that can... I have had problems in the past with... Am I still there? Kind of. Uh, there's a, re- a weird of. delay between the video and the audio. I think the audio is delayed and the video is in time, which is weird. It's usually the other way okay. around. I, I think what Sam was pointing out to us, though, Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, because I seem to have a slightly more stable connection, but what you're pointing out is the fact that if you try and, well, you can daisy-chain these devices together, if you plug a hard drive in and also run a sound card at the same time, you can start to get kind of interfere interference in terms of latency and occasional kind of jitter between the two things and you can end up with the sound card dropping a bit or the hard drive dropping a little bit as well and that that is something that Thunderbolt is designed 
Thunderbolt is designed with that in mind and to stop it from happening, but I've been reading a lot of kind of reports of people suggesting that it isn't actually successfully doing that particularly. So, Well, it's been a problem all the way back to SCSI and before. It's just that it's slightly easier to plug the things in now, and now it's faster. Yeah. So Thunderbolt is an extension of the PCI bus. I'm saying that's essentially what it really... That's what it was built at. That that was the kind of model it's been built on top of, and that's why you can put Thunderbolt down it. I'm saying you can actually even put USB down a, you can put USB down and FireWire down a Thunderbolt port if you wanted to. It's the equivalent of having a USB card plugged into a PCI slot in your computer. Is essentially what that would be. It's just a matter of having the correct adapter cables and people making them for uses that they're required for. So, I I think it you know. I think we've got to face it, if we're in the Apple ecosystem, then FireWire is gone, and it's been replaced by Thunderbolt, and there is a Thunderbolt to FireWire adapter, which means that for those of us who have an investment in FireWire sound cards, such as myself, it's now possible for me to actually upgrade to a new Mac, and I can buy this adapter and run my run all my sound cards on it, which is what we'll, what I'll probably do now. I suspect I'll replace, you know, I'll replace, buy a new adapter, and be done, and that, that will move me through again, so... I, yeah. I think that's cool. And considering that Motu just put another update, obviously we reported about it last week, Last week, but I got the Motu update, so I now have open sound control control over QMix on running on my 828, on my Mark 2828, which I'm very happy about. That's a really kind of got a whole new collection of uses for it now. So um, if, if, you're, if you're out there and you have, a Mark, you have any Mark II, Mark III Motu hardware, before you throw it away, you should just, just look at it for a minute and think that's actually... Uh, a digital mixer that I can control over over Wi-Fi because that's actually what it is now. So and women are going to be attracted to me, or men are going to be attracted to me. Yes, we so didn't put the, that story in. Oh, you're no. not even aware of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that a real story, or are you kidding? No, no. That that would have been the greatest lead into the story that I didn't put in the show this week. <laughs> There was a, a gender story which I felt I felt we were ill qualified to discuss and only likely to offend listeners, so I just didn't include it in any way whatsoever. And I did the best lead up to it. Oh well that's a shame. But oh, well. with that done, we have made it to the end of the news. It's plunder time. <coughs> plunder time. <laughs> Do you like what I did there? Yeah. Sounds delicious. I did, yeah. um, So, um, if we had our pirate (laughs) ship... I'm moving us along. I'm moving us along. If we had our pirate ship, we might want to check it would float before we would uh, set sail on the open seas. Not me. And our dear friend in the middle between us right now, Mr. Samuel Freeman, has an exciting video, which would be an opportunity for this. Hooray. I still think there's a bit of a delay going on. Hooray, so hopefully I won't drop out when I start speaking this time. Um, yes, Scott suggested I put this in as plunder, so I did. Why not? I, I, I created it. I made it this week. I edited together some HD video for the first time. I've only ever done Lo-Fi video before, but it's still a fair... Lo-Fi production. But this is the thing that I'm down in Plymouth working on at the moment. Um, it's, it's a crazy composition interdisciplinary project for an um, ocean tank wave big wave tank and electronics and 
people doing water drumming in another wave tank, which is it's a very short video. Um, it's kind of yeah, with extremely high speed speaking by Mister Doctor Alexis Kirk, who is yep, yeah, who's often very hyperactive and very excited and quite rightly so because this is a crazy project um, for the opening of a new building where they've got this brand new facility for making waves and it's a lot of fun. I've been synthesizing ocean waves and yeah there you go. Nice. That's the blunder. Awesome. <laughs> awesome stuff. I, I thought that was cool. The video's cool. People should go check it out if you're interested then hey you should send Sam an email and that would be a why not? Why not do that? How about the next item of plunder? It looks to me like it's about Marks and Spencers. <laughs> yes. I noticed that as well. But it isn't. It isn't. Uh, Michael, uh, I guess it'd be Michael. Michael Heron has a, an article about mid-side recording as a technique, um, which I guess to many of our listeners will, they will be familiar with. But an interesting thing that I, that I saw about it is when he talks about what he calls the double MS technique, which generates a 5.0 mix as well. And he actually mm-hmm. discusses the um, he, he discusses a particular kind of technique he uses when he's doing MS-based recordings for 5.0 systems in terms of not having too much spatialization in the rear channels, which I thought was an interesting kind of discussion, and that's what really kind of led me to sort of plunderize this item. Plunder. Plunder. Indeed. Yeah. So I thought that was cool, you know. It is pretty cool. Like, um, yeah, the you know when I was scanning down it, seeing the picture of these three microphones all loaded, pointing in different directions is, I guess, the thing. I haven't read this, but this is what you're referring to. I started to read it, and maybe I will now. You've, you've got my you've got my attention with that. Yeah. It, it's not a massive read. It's worth it's worth the few. It's worth the five ten minute five minutes it'll take you to read it. And there is a cool photo of microphones, which is always kind of neat. That's that. Another cool thing that you might want to go check out really quickly is uh, Top Lab have a new website, which is kind of far more organized than the previous wiki-based version was, a, a, an experience that we on the audio podcast can refer can relate back to. Um, and that's kind of, you know, yeah. I thought it was cool. There's a whole load of cool stuff going on in live coding right now, and there's a cool new website, so it's worth going and checking it out. So you should. Hooray. I would recommend it to you. Hooray. Hooray, that brought us to the end of the plunder, which, <laughs> in actual fact, hooray, has brought us to the end of this week's The Audio Podcast. Mm. Now, now I think we should remind our listeners, of course, you can go to the audiopodcast.co.uk website, you can read today's show notes, you can indeed read the show notes of all of the audio podcast shows, and if you really want to listen to them, you can do that too. Awesome. That, but I would recommend I'd recommend the the more recent ones with the YouTube feed because you get to see us and all of our little mannerisms. Um, I don't know, <laughs> it's pretty fun. I, I quite I like this new this new format we're doing here, Scott. I like the uh, the Google Plus Hangout formula. I think it's cool. I like it too. I I enjoy it very much, and that's all that really matters. Is that we have fun, which is nice. Yes. If it were Most really people... horrible, I probably wouldn't do it. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> probably, you... probably, I think. Yeah. So, anyway, this was episode 73 of the audio podcast, minor update. Um, I'm Scott Hewitt. 
I'm Sam Freeman. And I am indeed Adam Yanch. Goodbye. Goodbye.